on the first day of creation, God said, light it up. And Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 says that the earth was formless and void and had no shape. On the second day of creation, he separated the upper waters from the lower waters and dry land appeared. And then he provided for plants and seed-bearing trees of their kind. And then he, he said on the fourth day of creation, let there be two lights in the sky, a greater light to rule the day and a lesser light to rule the night. And then he filled the waters in the air with fish and with birds. And then he proceeded on his path of creation. And we know that he created animals, followed by the sixth day of creation, where he said, let us create man in our image and let him rule over the world and be fruitful and multiply. And he declared creation good. And then the God of the universe, who could have done anything he wanted at that point, he just proved that he could call everything that we know out of absolutely nothing. Nothing falls short of his power and his authority. But yet on that final day, on the seventh day, God said, I'm going to rest. This is going to be a day that is going to be holy forever based on the order of creation. It is a day for everything that I have created since I've spent six days pouring into everything that has been created. It is a day for my creation to pour themselves into me, to express their love for me, to reaffirm their trust in me, to place their faith in me by following my example and resting. We're studying the Ten Commandments this summer, and we've come across uh, the commandment that we find in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. If you have your Bibles, you can join me there this morning. We'll start in Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. And this is the first commandment that we find that is rooted in the order of creation. It predates everything. This commandment was present uh, as soon as the world was created. And of course, you're familiar with this command if you grew up in church, if you're a person of faith. And even if you're new to church or if you're visiting today, again, this commandment is not going to surprise you at all. You've heard these words because the word of the Lord says in Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8, the actual command is remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And, all, and, and as soon as we say that command, you know, as Christians, we have lots of follow-up questions about all of the commands, like which one of these do we have to take seriously, and how seriously do we have to take these commands? I feel like we should take these commands seriously since I'm a Christian, and it's in the Bible, but I'm not a Jew, and their idea of the Sabbath is different than my idea of the Sabbath. What does Sabbath even mean? And I know that, you know, since I've done a little bit of study and I've been in Sunday school, that God calls Saturday the day that's a Sabbath, and yet here we are on a Sunday, so doesn't that already take us out of the running? So why do we need to pay attention to this thing at all? And yet God's word says, remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. So we're going to talk about the Sabbath a little bit today. We're going to take a look at this commandment. Let's start by just answering the question, what is the Sabbath? And a quick little summary of what this commandment is, is the Sabbath is a command to worship, not to work. Whatever it is that the nation of Israel was doing to provide for themselves when this command was given to them at Mount Sinai, of course, we know that they were recently out of Egypt at that time. They were wandering through the desert. There really wasn't much that they could do to earn an income because God was providing manna and quail for them miraculously to eat. But what were they commanded to do on the day before the Sabbath? God said, go out and collect twice as much on Friday 
Because on Saturday, you don't even go out and collect what I've provided for you. I actually want you and your servants and your animals to have a true day of rest. And so beginning from uh, when Moses received the law at Mount Sinai, the nation of Israel began to rest, or at least they were supposed to rest, uh, on the seventh day on Saturday. We know that this concept of rest was important throughout the rest of the Old Testament as well, because every seven years, the nation of Israel was to allow the land to rest and to only consume what God provided for them in year six, that the Lord would provide a bumper harvest, a bumper crop in year six. And in year seven, they were supposed to let the land rest. Did you know, you may know, that, of course, the nation of Israel did not follow that commandment to allow the land to rest. And many hundreds of years later, they were carried away into captivity. They had their land taken from them. Do you know that the reason for the exile was not just idol worship, which, of course, was a big problem in Israel's history, but the length of the time that they spent in captivity was determined by the number of years they had not let the land rest. And so the prophets were told that the reason Israel was going to be in captivity for 70 years is because they had missed 70 opportunities every sixth and seventh year to let the land rest. And that's why they were in captivity for 70 years. The land was going to receive its Sabbath rest. And then when the land had rested, God returned the nation of Israel. Did you know that? That was why the captivity was 70 years. They messed up. They did not let the land rest every seven years. And they did it for so long that they allowed 70 years of rest to pile up. So God removed them from the land. It's not just this commandment found in the Ten Commandments. It's found throughout the Bible that God commands his people to rest. And the reason is we are to worship one day a week and do our work that God has called us to the other six. Because the bottom line is behind this command is the reality that in six days, God provides for seven. And his people prove God's provision on the seventh day by doing nothing. We rest. In six days, God provides for his people. On the seventh day, we don't need to do anything because God has provided for us. So the seventh day, the the Sabbath day, is a day to worship, not to work. Now, we know that the nation of Israel celebrated the Sabbath day on Saturday. That's what we see in Genesis chapter 1. That was the order of creation, the first day we know of as Sunday. So the seventh day was Saturday. God declared that day holy. However, we find in the New Testament that Christians began observing their Sabbath day of rest on Sunday to remember the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. We know that at Easter, Jesus was killed on Friday, was in the grave on Saturday, was raised from the dead on Sunday. And so the first century church, knowing that they were not Jews, not trying to become Jews, but they were Christians, began to celebrate their day of rest on Sunday. And we're going to take a a look at the scripture that helps clarify, well, what day is the right day, or is there such a thing, in just a few moments. But what is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is a day for worship, not work, because God's people understand that he provides for us in six days what we need for seven. And so as a people of faith, we express our faith in God by napping, right? Okay, so that's a little bit of a particular application that's near and dear to my heart, but it is, a, it is a good day to rest. Whatever it is we do for work, whatever it is we do for income, we cease that activity one day a week because God provides for us in six days what we need in seven. 
So why is the Sabbath so important? Well, Exodus chapter 20 goes on to declare it to us by saying that you are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the foreigner who is within your gates. So why do we have the Sabbath? Because for, verse 11, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. By taking a day of Sabbath rest, we draw attention to, we recognize, we celebrate God's power, not our own. On the Sabbath day, it is about the creation who has been provided by God turning our attention to our creator to say thank you. Everything we have, everything we know, everything, all of our relationships, they are blessings from the Lord. And as a people of faith, it is a day for us to draw attention to God's power, not ours. And so if we are busy going about our normal week as if it's not a special day at all, we're drawing attention to ourselves and what we can create, what we can provide, and how clever we are. And that's fine. In fact, that's what we should be doing for six days out of the week. But that seventh day, it's time for the creation to turn back to the Lord and by drawing attention to him by resting on that day not being busy on that day, not earning incomes on that day, not going about our work, not doing commercial business one day a week because God provides in six what his people need for seven. So when should we observe the Sabbath? This has been a question that's been debated and talked about quite a bit. And this is a a one-verse summary of what the Apostle Paul, or two-verse summary of what the Apostle Paul teaches in the book of Romans So again, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to the book of Romans, chapter 14, verses 5 through 6. The words will also be on the screen. But this is what Paul says concerning the Sabbath observation. Because in the first century church, we have two different sets of people who are making professions of faith in Jesus Christ. We have Jews who grew up observing the law, and we have Gentiles, people who are not Jewish, who are now making professions of faith. And the question was, how are we, what commands apply, what commands don't, and how are we to observe them so that we live a life that is pleasing to the Lord? Paul's answer is Romans chapter 14, verses 5 through 6. One person considers one day to be above another day. Someone else considers every day to be the same. Each one must be fully convinced in his own mind. Whoever observes the day observes it for the honor of the Lord. And then Paul goes on to continue in this passage where he is declaring the freedoms that come with being a Christian uh, because of our faith in Jesus Christ. Observing one day of rest has nothing to do with us trying to be Jewish. It has everything with us saying that Jesus has perfectly fulfilled every requirement of the law, that he has made his father happy. And by faith, we have the freedom to choose the day that is special to us. And so the first century church chose Sunday in honor of the fact that this was the day that Jesus was raised from the dead. And so to summarize in one word, what does the Bible say from cover to cover regarding people of faith who choose to make one day special above the other because it's their day to worship and not to work? That day should be regular. That's what Paul is saying. 
that day should be regular. And so while the first century church chose Sunday, and Jews, of course, stuck with Saturday, there is freedom to have one day of the week that we choose to worship the Lord. And of course, the church chooses Sunday. However, whatever day we choose to worship the Lord and to rest from our labors, we are to do it regularly. We're not, we're not supposed to skip it. Remember, the Jews went into exile for 70 years because they skipped 70 Sabbath rests. The Lord takes this principle seriously. He will be honored and worshiped by his creation. And he asks his people to choose a day out of the week that we would remember him, that we would worship, not work. Well, let's get specific for a moment and see some other biblical guidance and then some specific applications about how we are to observe the Sabbath. What does the Bible say specifically, and what are some guiding principles or applications for us as uh, Christians, as, as men and women of faith? Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 through 14, gives some good guidance along with a, prov- a promise concerning those of us who choose to have a day where we worship and do not work. This is what the prophet Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 through 14. If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, the word that is translated from the Hebrew desecrating actually means literally, if you allow your foot to wander anywhere you want. That's what the phrase actually means in the Hebrew. If you have a wandering foot, if you desecrate the Sabbath by wandering around, Uh, if you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, seeking your own pleasure or, or talking too much. Hey, Pastor Josh, I love you, buddy, but I got a word from the Lord for you right now. You flap your gums a lot on a Sunday morning, buddy. Maybe your legs aren't wandering around, but your lips are. You might want to pray about that. You're right. When I take a nap this afternoon, I will take that to heart. (laughs) Then you will delight yourself in the Lord, and I will make you ride over the heights of the land and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Listen to this promise from Isaiah. The concept is repeated using this metaphor of wandering around willy-nilly, doing whatever you want, on the Sabbath, as if it's a day that you can just spend frivolously. Do not let your foot roam on the Sabbath. If you let your foot roam on the Sabbath, is what this passage is saying in the Hebrew. If you contain your feet, if you restrain your feet, if you don't do whatever you want, whatever your heart desires on the Sabbath, the promise is, I will cause you to fly over the land. That's what this passage says. If you keep your foot from wandering, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, I will make you ride over the heights of the land. The land, of course, was symbolic of the promise that God gave to Abraham that he then fulfilled through Joshua and the conquest of the land. You will have complete domination. You'll have complete freedom over all of the land that I have provided for you, if on one day of the week you prevent your feet from wandering all over the place, I will pick you up and cause you to fly. One day of worship and reflection on what the Lord has provided for you, and you will be lifted up and flown in complete domination over the land the rest of the week. This is the biblical promise. 
The key idea that Isaiah is saying here is the Sabbath day is not a day for doing whatever we desire. It is a day primarily for worshiping the Lord. Now, this can take many different aspects. It can be done in many different ways. But the big idea when we ask the question, well, then how are we to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy? We know that it's supposed to be done regularly. The day of the week is to be held by conviction, but not by command. And what are we specifically supposed to do on the Sabbath? We're supposed to put the Lord's priorities first. It's not a day for us to wander all over the place. There is a, a, a phrase that I know people use, uh, to, 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 and they use this phrase because they're, they're, they love their family, and, and they're going to spend Sunday with their family, and they've been working hard all week, and they're looking forward to this time, and they say this phrase, Sunday fun day. What they mean is that they can do whatever they want. What they mean is that they're going to place their own wants and desires above the worship that is due the Lord as their Savior. And maybe you've even said that phrase, Sunday, fun day. And I'm not saying that you meant anything wrong by it, but it's a great, succinct way to reflect what Isaiah is saying, don't do. It is a fun day. Sunday is a fun day. There is so much fun and delight to be had in observing the Sabbath and worshiping the Lord, but it is not a day to do whatever our heart desires. Another way that we can kind of mess up our Sabbath observance is the way that the Pharisees did it. So Sunday, fun day kind of means, you know, well, I don't really take Sunday seriously. I, I kind of treat the week to do whatever I want to do. In six days, I choose to work. and one day, I choose not to. And it's really all about just do whatever I want on Sunday, fun day. That's, that's one error. That's on one end of the spectrum. You know, because of the freedom that I have in Jesus, because he perfectly fulfilled the law, I can do whatever I want. And that's an expression of faith for me. Isaiah calls us out. No, no, wandering around doing whatever you want on, on a day of the week is not an expression of faith. That's an expression of willfulness. And so worship comes first, not, not work. And so that's one end of the spectrum, Sunday, fun day. I use that phrase to describe it. The other end of the spectrum is the mistake that the Pharisees made where they're super spiritual, uh, where they decided that they were going to uh, hyperextend the law and create laws upon laws to make the day of the Lord anything but fun. It was miserable because they were bound by commandments all day. We, we set up for the missions team yesterday, and uh, we set up two different activities uh, one involved lawn darts. Now they're lawn jarts, but they took the happy point that used to be on them that you could threaten your brother with, and now it's like this squishy ball thing. And I, for the life of me, I could not make that sucker land within the circle. It's impossible. But, but I saw a child yesterday from Tennessee carrying around three of the things, and he was having a good time, so yay for lawn darts. The other two games that we set up are cornhole. Now, cornhole, you're probably familiar with. It involves a board with a hole cut in it, and you get four beanbags, and you step back about 30 feet or so, and you either try to land on the board or slide it in the hole. Uh, three points if you drop it in, one on the deck, and, of course, nothing if you don't hit the board at all. Pharisees wouldn't play cornhole. They would stand there and evaluate the kind of seed that was used in the beanbag. They would evaluate the gloss on the board, they would get out their measuring stick or their tape measures and debate 
the perfect length? Is it from the leading edge of the board, or is it from hole to hole, or is it from the back edge of the board? Where do you measure exactly? They would have all these complicated conversations, but they wouldn't actually do any good. They didn't actually play cornhole. And that's the other mistake. We can be Sunday fun day, which means, you know, we, we take the bean bags and huck them over our shoulder. That's not playing cornhole. Or we can stand there and talk about the heft and the balance of the game and the distance and all the nitty-gritty. That's not playing cornhole. The third mistake that we can make regarding the Sabbath is a mistake that I call monetize every minute. We get the barbecue set up, the smoker's going, the cornhole's set out, the bags are piled up on their respective sides, the distance looks about right, it's in the shade so we're not sweating, we have a nice refreshing beverage setting to the side. We look to the partner that we're going to be tossing against and we say this, want to put some money on this? It's cornhole, man. Don't bet on cornhole. It's a backyard game. Sometimes we like to monetize every minute. If I just went to work on a Sunday and pulled a double, if I just, you know, let the family go to church because if I did the thing, if I did the extra shift, if I, you know, I'm at the casino and blah, blah, blah. Now, every once in a while, we get it. That, that has to happen. You know, we have an obligation to our employers, and there are days that we need to go and fulfill our commitment to those who are in authority over us and our bosses that we've submitted ourselves to. And every once in a while, we, we might need to do some work on a Sunday. But to create that as a, to monetize every minute, to take that approach, where every Sunday we're going to pull an extra shift because we make time and a half, or it's, it takes us from 40 hours to 46 hours, and we get that extra pay, that's not a good Sabbath observance. That's not, the right way. That's not the right way to take a look at the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a day, to go back to my silly cornhole illustration, and, and with this, uh, Vince, you and your team can join me up here on the platform. We're going to wrap up our time together this morning. The Sabbath is a day to be my partner in cornhole. And that is because if you are my partner in cornhole, you have one job, and that is after I have thrown the four beanbags down in your direction and scored all the points that our team is going to score or need for world domination, your job is just to throw them back at me. I don't care if you hit the board. I don't care if you landed in the hole. I don't care if it's in the grass at my feet. Just throw them in my general direction because all I need you to do is support me because I'm that good. And I'm not saying I'm the best cornhole player around. But if you're on my team, you can rest. There's no, there's no pressure on you. I'm going to drain it. And we might not win every game, but we will win the day. There is no doubt about it. God says to his people, I have partnered with you. I have provided for you. Let there be light, separation of the water. The plants began to grow, the fish and the birds of the air, the greater and the lesser light, the animals and the livestock, and then, of course, his people. Would you partner with me? Part of our partnership is one day of the week, let me do the heavy lifting. I can provide for you in six what your family needs in seven. And when you choose to not wander all over the place with your time and your money on one day out of the week, I will cause you to fly over some of the challenging things in your life that are right now you're struggling with. Trust me with one day and allow me to bring you to places that you cannot go under your own esteem. 
remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Maybe this morning you've never made a profession of faith in Jesus. You don't know what it means to treat Sunday as a special day. It's always been odd to you to see people get up early on a day off to go to church, not understanding the the rest and the peace that comes from placing our faith in Jesus Christ. If that is you this morning, would you observe the Sabbath, maybe for the first time? And it happens like this. It's a simple prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I have been trampling on, I've been wandering all over your Sabbath for far too long. Lord, from now on, I want to direct my steps one day a week where I am found worshiping you with with your people. It is a fun day because I've come to understand how amazing it is to be forgiven and embraced by you. For some of us this morning, maybe we've fallen into one of those three traps where we think we can do whatever we want on the Sabbath or we're hyper-legal about the Sabbath or we we, uh, have begun to make it our regular habit to monetize every minute. Would you spend some time confessing that to the Lord and just saying, as your creation, one day a week, it is my delight to reflect on how you have provided for me and my family. I will not wander all over the place and allow you to transport me to places that I cannot go under my own power. I will not monetize every minute. And I'm not going to get hyper-legalistic about it either. It's okay to miss church if our regular practice is to be in the house of the Lord with his people. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Keep it separate. Keep it special. And so I'm going to pray, and the worship team is going to lead us in one more song. And if you would like to spend a few moments praying or or speaking with someone that you know and trust here at church, this would be a great time for it. And then we'll wrap up our time together this morning. Would you join me as I pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We find things in your word that we would never understand on our own. Father, we pray that we would purpose it in our hearts, that we would lead our families in this way, where one day a week we will determine to worship you. Yes, we will spend time together. Yes, we will enjoy the day. Yes, we will have fun on a Sunday. Because there's nothing more delightful than worshiping you as a family. Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us as we wrap up our time together this morning?
and to honor, to look and to remember, to keep the day holy. Heavenly Father, it is a decision of faith for us this morning that you'll provide in six what we need in seven, and we can prove it by our rest on a day that you have provided. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning and God bless.